0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. We thank you, Lord, because you are an incredible and amazing God. Put us all together, Lord. Like your word says, we're wonderfully fashioned and created. As you put this body together, Lord... Not for vain purposes, Lord, not for temporary purposes, Lord. You want to achieve eternal purposes. You want us to mount up on the wings of your call for our life, Lord, that we would soar the heights of your purposes upon this earth, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would capture our hearts this morning, that we would understand, that we would pursue as a deer pants for running waters, Father God, that we would thirst for the living God that we would be in tune, that we would hear the call that you have placed on our lives, Lord, that we would understand it better, that we would be diligent to understand, and that all these things, Father God, would fashion and work themselves together for the accomplishing of your purpose for our time upon this earth, Lord. Father, let us acquire wisdom this morning so that we could understand that our time span upon the earth is but a mist, very short, Lord, but a moment, and then we pass on to eternity, Father God, to answer to you for everything we say, everything we do, everywhere we go, every thought we think, Lord. We pray that even now your spirit would capture our hearts, Lord, and open the eyes of our understanding so we could hear the voice of God, that we can perceive that our creator is calling out to us, Lord, to fulfill his purpose on this side of eternity so that all things might bring you glory and honor. We pray that this word this morning would be like a good seed planted in good hearts, Lord, giving forth good fruit, and that we would draw ever more increasingly close to you, Lord, and that your call upon our life would be this, the more of a reality than all those other things that capture our attention and distract us, Lord. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. For some they think that God's call upon our life is just something made up by religion. They have no appreciation for the call of God upon our life. I believe that the be lost in this world means not to have heard, not to know your call. And it's not a small thing that God has decided to call men because when we see and read the Scriptures, the only revelation we have of God upon the earth is His Word. And His Word says that from the beginning, He called out to Adam. He called Adam in the garden. And Adam's response was, I was afraid and I hid myself. So I'm thinking that many guys, many people, many People all over the world, when they hear the intensity of the call of God upon their life, they get scared and they go hide. But God continues to call Noah to build an ark. He calls Moses to deliver his people. He calls Abraham to start a nation. He calls Joseph in a very powerful way because the calling of God is just as distinct and various as God is. Um, we see in the, in the example of Joseph that he prepares Joseph in the desert and calls him to serve in a palace. And then down the road, we see the opposite take place where he calls Moses from the palace into the desert to be used of God. And so man tries to say God doesn't exist because he doesn't make sense, but he's talking to you right now once again. He's calling you and it's not too late. He called Esther, he called David, he called Ruth. He calls the nations of the earth. He calls a generation. He calls a church. He calls John the Baptist. I want to read Luke chapter 3. Can you read with me? Because this is a fascinating illustration of how God is able to call men at different times. And and while men are looking for other things, there are some men that that are tuned from the time they were born. It was John the Baptist still in his mother's womb where he was able to jump with joy and move as he saw what God was doing. Luke chapter 3 verse 1, it says, In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, who was the Caesar. Tiberius, the Caesar, the head of Rome. Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea. Second man, Pilate. Third man, Herod, being the tetrarch of Galilee. The tetrarch was the guy that was sent to, to serve in the leadership capacity under the governor. The governor was to sit in the uh, delegated capacity to Caesar. And it says Herod was the tetrarch of Galilee. His brother was a tetrarch also. He was in the leadership position as uh, he was the tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis. These names are ancient names. Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene. and Ananias and Caphis, who were the high priest. But then, number seven, it says, the word of the Lord came to John when he was in the desert, the son of Zacharias. Look at all these men having chosen different vocations, different callings in their life. A Caesar, a governor, a tetrarch, a high priest, but we have a man who's in the desert and he wants to hear the word of the Lord. He wants to hear the call of God on his life. He's a strange man wearing strange clothes, eating strange food in the middle of a strange place out in the desert. And that's who God decides to tune in and and send a message to. And we also have a lot of decisions. I remember even early on, the... do you guys recall a, an airline called Eastern Airlines? Eastern Airlines made a call to my life. So we have a corporate future for you. You could come and, and have a career here. Where did that go? People who decided to hear that call are very upset today because the promises of Eastern Airlines were flushed down the toilet. And people lost their future and they lost their retirement and they lost everything. And I thank God I didn't listen to that call. I thank God that I was listening to another call. I was listening to the call of God upon my life. And at that time, through my parents, and I want to tell you that your parents are a great, loud megaphone of the call of God upon your life. And if you were to shut your ears up to your parents' voice, you are hating the call of God upon your life. If you shut your ears out to what your mom and your dad are saying, Proverbs twenty twenty says that your lamp is going out. You won't even see where you're going. Because mom and dad have a uh, they're the radars God has decided to put up, just like this man is trying to get some reception here. If you're a young man this morning, want to get the reception of God's call upon your life, I would shut your mouth and open your ears real wide to what your parents are telling you. Because you will hate the fact you did not listen to them. You will hate the fact that you weren't tuned in to receiving the counsel of your mom and your dad. As a young man, the Bible says, if you want everything to go well with you, if you want to enjoy a long life, honor your mother and father. See, we don't like to hear that. But that's where God's calling is. I wanted to be an Eastern Airline ramp specialist at the airport. I wanted to make a lot of money. And my dad says, stay in school. So I was fed up with Eastern Airlines and I decided to go and tell my dad I was gonna listen to what he had to say and I was gonna stay in school and when I finished school, it was just a platform that allowed me. When I finished law school, I came back and I told the pastors, I said, I want to, I want to go and, and, and serve God. They said, no, you're gonna go work and it didn't make sense but God calls you through these established orders of authority and when we don't listen to these men established by God our parents, people that God has put in prominence. And they said, stay in, in work as a lawyer. And I did that for 10 years and it was the best 10 years of my life. Why? Because I was being faithful to the call of God upon my life. And that set me up for the next call of my life. A lot of us want this call to be astronauts, but I want to tell you that all the astronauts first have to go to the military and learn how to fly airplanes. They have to understand how to to do things at a smaller scale, and that qualifies them later to do the great big things. But we want to jump these areas and go into the great big things. I want to tell you that as God is speaking to us this morning, as we're tuning up to hear the call of God upon our life, I want to tell you that the first call upon God that God makes to our life is the call to repentance in, in Acts chapter 17, verse 30. This is, this, is the, this is the call that you don't even have to argue with. This is the call that God makes upon every human being. And what is that call? That for a season God called, uh, ig- was ignorant and overlooked men, but say with me, now He commands all people everywhere to repent. That's the first call of God. If you don't hear that call, God doesn't need to speak to you again. God doesn't have to give you a second call because his first call qualifies you for the next call. And that call qualifies you for the next call. And if you're a man called after God's heart like David was... He's able to take you against Goliath. He's able to take you as a captain in the army. He's able to take you as a personal bodyguard to the king. He's able to take you to be a prince and then to be the king of Israel. And usher the way for the Messiah. as he's called the, the, uh, Jesus is called the son of David. Because he was faithful in each realm of his calling. I want to ask you this morning. Have you already heard the first call of God? Which is to repent. No. Are we deaf? Yes. My dad was called when he was 17. Later, he was called when he was 30. Later, he was called when he was 39. Later, he lost his marriage. He lost his children. He lost his home. He lost his health. He lost his finances. And and C.S. Lewis says, in pleasure, God is whispering to you. As God blesses you, he's saying, Diego. Could you hear his call? When things are going good, he's, he's calling Carlos. But then as we start entering to painful realms of our life, C.S. Lewis says that suffering is when God is shouting. If you're experiencing pain, it's saying, hey! I just went to go see Morris at the hospital the other day. He's doing a quadruple or whatever, triple bypass surgery. He says, Pastor, you know why I'm here? Because God is calling me. I said, that's weird. Why why are you here? Because God is calling me. Yeah, He's been calling me, but I've been ignoring Him for a long time. And I was saying sometimes God calls us. Have you ever seen those little things on, on the bicycles? They go, ring, 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 ring. It's like, hey, here I come. Ring, ring. I can't hear that. It sounds like music. So then God comes and God says, hey, get out of the way. I'm calling. I'm calling. And you say, I can't hear that. I don't know what it means. What is God doing? And then God comes out with something else that happens in your life. And God says, this guy's not listening. (laughs) Stop! I can't hear that. I don't know what God is trying to do. And then God says, I need to get this guy's attention. So God comes and he says. (laughs) Still, I can't hear. It doesn't make sense to me. So then God has to be faithful and go. (laughs) My business has got down. I've lost my marriage. My kids hate my guts. I haven't been able to do anything. And we still continue down the course of destruction. It was Elijah. He says, God, I need to see you. He sent an earthquake. And God wasn't in the earthquake. He couldn't see it until it came down to the very list. He says, Elijah, I hear God now. I see God. Are you hearing God telling you to repent? If you're not, you're missing God out from the beginning. 1 Peter 2.9, it says the first thing God does is call you out of darkness. He calls you out of confusion. He calls you out of difficult, you know, uh, sometimes financial stress is choking the life of God out of us. We're so involved in the things of this world and the cares of this life. We don't hear God. We don't hear God. But 1 Peter 2.9 says, he says he chose you. That you may declare praises and could you say with me, called you out of darkness. darkness. Could you raise your hand this morning if he's called you out of darkness? I go home every night thanking God he called me out of darkness. My kids are here, they'll tell you. I go home at night and I say, thank you Lord that you called me out of this world. Last night I was saying it. We were coming home, I said, we're in this world but we're not of this world. I don't have to go to a nightclub. I don't have to cheat on my wife. I don't have to get drunk. I don't have to follow the call of a sinful life. Because he called me out of darkness. And I'll thank God the rest of my life. Just for that very fact. That initial call that God put in my life. To call me out of darkness. But he doesn't call you out of darkness. To keep you nothing. Can you say. To bring you to his wonderful light. This is some people never enjoy that aspect. Of their walk in the Lord. It says Lord you call me out of darkness. Yeah but he didn't call you out of darkness. He wanted you to continue to walk. To experience his wonderful light. That word wonder is full of wonder. Wow. Wow God, you're so amazing. I have a friend of mine who wrote a book he says when you're going through hell keep going. Don't stay there. Keep walking. Keep walking. If you've come out of darkness you've already started Listening to the call of God upon your life to bring you out of the world. Don't go back to the world. The Bible says if you do that, you're like a dog that goes back to vomit. You're like a pig that goes back to the mud. Why would you ever want to go back to that disgusting life in darkness? And so God says, I don't only call you out of sin in repentance. I don't call you out of the world. But God uh, He. he he puts this preface and he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. See, he's calling us to his plans. He's calling us to his great declaration, plans to prosper you. Things that your parents never heard of, never thought of, never, never considered. Not plans to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Isn't it awesome that God today is telling us That he's calling you with an amazing calling. I hope you're not scared of what God wants to do. But it requires something. I want to tell you, some of you that think this is a little bit confusing this morning, let's read Jeremiah 29 verse 12. Well, if you're calling us to this plans, then how... Will this become a reality? How could it be more than just a religious experience when a religious man in a religious suit in a religious place is talking to me religious words? If that's all you see this morning, you're missing it. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would open the eyes of your understanding. Because if you understand the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. See, a lot of people don't understand the call of God, but I want to flip it this morning. I want to flip it this morning because we, we, we hear about something called the call of God and it gets confusing. Have you ever called upon God? He, he's calling upon you, but usually we are the ones that wait till things get really nasty and we start calling upon the Lord. And He promises us, verse 13, If you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Can you imagine somebody who's in hot pursuit for the call of God on their life? And it wasn't only Eastern Airlines that called me. Early on in my life, it might might have been young girls, girls that that I met in high school that were saying, Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! This morning, even as I was waking up, I was listening to the birds. There was a call. A bird was making a mating call. Ha-ha! And, and the other bird wasn't listening, so the bird had to say, "Ha!" And for like 10 times, this bird kept on calling. And the Lord says, you hear that, Joaquin? I said, yeah, what's going on? This is mating season for birds. Birds are calling. ha!" And I was like, wow. You know why they picked February 14th to celebrate the day of love? Because the men who used to study nature used to say that that was the day that birds would make their mating calls. It was a season of love. It was a season of drawing near. But what what happens when God is calling to us in love and we refuse? What if all the time God already had a perfect plan and we were walking in our own selfishness? I want to tell you what God says. This is what God says in Proverbs 1 verse 24 I called you so often but you wouldn't come I reached out my hand to you you wouldn't come you rejected me when I called you I was going to make you a great people I was going to make you a great man I was going to make you a great woman I had a great family for you you wouldn't come you rejected me. Isaiah 65 verse 2. He says, all day long. I mean, imagine the God just like, I reached out my hand. Isaiah 65 two. All day long, I've held out my hand. And these people were proud. Who walk in ways that weren't good. They were pursuing the call of their own imaginations. I, I, you know, I still remember the things that I was pursuing before I came to Christ. There were images that had come into my life. There were things that had surrounded me and they governed my decisions. They did my priorities, that where I would spend my time. Where I, and guess what? It was all a figment of my imagination. There was no promise in that. There was no future in that because it wasn't God. Isaiah 66 verse 4, he says, I will choose also a, a, a very difficult life and will bring upon them what they fear. For when I called, no one answered. When I spoke to them, no one listened. They did evil in my sight. And instead of choosing the call of God, they chose. Can you say that your life is your choosing? No, it's not. It's my mother-in-law. That was your choosing too. You decided to get in that relationship. So now your mother-in-law is the one that makes decisions. You didn't choose God. You didn't choose to stand up on what pleases the Lord. Jeremiah 7 verse 13. He says, while you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you didn't listen. I called you, but you didn't answer. 17, uh, Jeremiah 7 verse 13. You kept on going your own direction, your own decisions, your own ways. While you were doing all these things, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not listen. I called to you but you did not answer. One of the things that amazes me the most is when I go to the downtown streets and I talk to the homeless and to people that are total vagabonds and nobody would ever stop to talk to them. And you know one word they have heard? You know the calling who's been faithful to call them? Who do you think? God. They know God like the back of their hand, but they continue to walk in a way that displeases Him. They hear God. Yoo-hoo. Hello. And they continue to walk contrary to the Lord. Romans 10.21, he told Israel, All day long I've held out my hand to a disobedient and proud person. Person that did not want. Person that did not want to walk. All day long. Held out my hand. This morning God is still extending his hand to you. You say, well God doesn't want me no more because I'm... a Listen. You were coming this day and God knew you were going to be here. And look what he brings. And trust me, I'm not this good. I'm not this good. It's the voice of God. It's the spirit of God that once again tells you that he's here for you. Zechariah chapter 7, verse 13. When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I wouldn't listen. That's, That's a hard word. I called you to this life. I called you to this blessing. You decide not to listen. So why are you calling me now? You decide to overwhelm your life with stress and with burdens I didn't give you. Why are you bringing that to me now? That's a fearful thing when God stops listening to man. We need God. God doesn't need us, we need God. And so as I'm putting this thing together, one of the second things God calls us to is not only to repent, not only out of darkness, not only a continual call. And not, this, this call doesn't expire. Many of you think that just like the milk, you have to throw it away. The calling of God does not expire. It says that in Romans. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Romans, I believe it's chapter 11. Let's see if I find it real quick. Verse 29. Romans 11:29. 29. This will tell you so the devil stops thinking that you're expired in your call. The God's gift and his call are irrevocable. They don't expire. They don't, they don't grow old. It's not like I missed it last week by two days. This thing did not just finish because you decided to live the last 20 years far from the call of God. Because his calling is still extended towards you even this morning. And I want to tell you that as we prepare to to listen to the call of God, some of you don't want to come to the call of God because it's a difficult call. And I'm going to tell you amen to that. God is not calling sissies. God is not calling cowards. God is not calling the fearful, the frightful. God is calling the courageous, God calling champions. And this is one of the second thing God calls us to in 1 Peter 2.21. If you don't have a clue, he's called us to suffering. That's one of the biggest things. When he called, he says, I want you to be my martyrs in all the earth. Sounds beautiful to use the word witness. But what he's really calling them to is to die. Are you ready to die? And die to who you are, die to your plans, die to your illusions. And they become, let, let me tell you something why you need to die to that. Because they become your nightmare. Your plans for life are nightmarish. Why? Because they're not fulfilled. If, I, if my plans for my life was to grow in the corporate ladder of Eastern Airlines, what happens when they go out of business? Nobody has heard Eastern Airlines. If you're under 20, you don't even know that that exists. It doesn't. Because it was a vain promise. But here in 1 Peter 2.21, he says, To this you were called. A calling. Christ suffered for you, and he left you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. What footsteps? To suffer. To go through hardship." to bite the bullet, to take a licking and keep on ticking, to go through difficulties. And and some Christians are are surprised. Look at all the problems I'm having. No, duh. Hell and its entire host want to take you down. Because if you were to fulfill the call of God upon your life, did you see what happened when Moses was born? They killed all the children. Why? Why? Because the devil knew that a deliverer was coming. They killed all the children from two down. And Moses was able to navigate in his call and attain to this. I want to tell you that not only does God call us to repent, to leave the world, and to suffer, but it it takes a real serious, refined, determined character for those who follow God. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are the ones that God calls. And he'll call you through a preaching. He'll call you through circumstances, through events that happen. You know how he called Martin Luther? He was in law school, and he was walking down the countryside with his best friend. And he's like, hey, what do you think about life? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do a lot of things. And all of a sudden, a lightning bolt came out of heaven and hit his friend and killed him on the spot. And you know what Martin Luther said? He says, "God, what do you want me to do for life?" That's how he answered his call. An event, a circumstance, a hardship. I remember being invited to uh, the house of a woman. Her her daughter was the prom queen. Her daughter was the Southwest High School prom queen, and she was a sophomore. She was a, uh, you know, she was in her second year of high school, and she had gone out with her mom, and there was an accident and the girl died and so that was a huge horrible scenario she was a single mom and so they called me to go to the girl's house now uh, four hours after the car accident if the car accident took place at, at 3 o'clock in the morning on the Florida Turnpike they called me at 6 7 I was there like by 8 and when I got there the mom was still splattered in her daughter's blood And she was saying, why, God? Why didn't you give me another chance? Why didn't you give me another chance? And those words really sunk into my heart because I said, "What, what does God have to do with this woman and her daughter? And why is she saying, why didn't you give me another chance? It must have been that God was calling her. It must have been that God was saying, you have a daughter. I have a purpose with your daughter. And it's not so she could go to the nightclubs. Why when God gives us things with great callings, we we run to the opposite direction and then we believe we have an entitlement to kidnap and sequester the call of God. We feel that we have the right to take our life and go do with it whatever we want. No. God gave you your life. He can take it. And what was striking in this situation with this mom was she kept on repeating, God, you didn't give me another chance. God, you didn't give me another chance. Why didn't you give me another chance? God, you didn't give me another chance. And I was like, she was stuck on this. It must have been that God had been calling her for a long time. It must have been that God was trying to be real clear with her. And the time came where it was over. So when God begins to call a man, let me tell you something, held in high water are going to be moved in that direction. Let me tell you this poem real quick. I believe it's going to be a blessing to the man God calls, to the woman God calls. When God wants to drill a man and thrill a man and skill a man, when God wants to mold a man, to place the noblest part of God in a man, when he yearns with all his heart to create so great and bold a man, that all the world will be amazed by what God will do with this man. God will watch his methods and God will be intensely concerned about this man's ways. How he ruthlessly Ruthlessly perfects this man whom he royally elects. How he hammers him and hurts him. With mighty blows he converts him into trials, shapes of clay which only God understands. While his tortured heart is crying and he lifts up beseeching hands. He bends but never breaks When, when his good he undertakes. How he uses whom he chooses by which every purpose fuses him. By every act induces him to try his splendor out. God knows what he's about. I want to tell you that many of us go around quoting Romans 8.28. That all things happen for the good of those. That everything that happens in your life is, is just for your betterment, for your good. And people stop right there. But guess what? That's not the end of that verse. It says to those who are called. The good things, the situations, bad, good or indifferent are beneficial to those that are called by God. So if you're not listening to the call of God, those things happening are not working together for good. Because those things that work together for good are according to the design and the purpose God has for, say with me, the called. Those that are following their calling. Those that are listening to God. Those that are are walking out their calling. Everything is designed to happen to that person for his benefit and for his good. How do we know that? Verse 29. Because whom he foreknew, and he foreknew these guys, he predestined that they might be conformed to the image of his son. That's the third call. One out of darkness. One, out of the world, to repent from sin. Two, he's called you to suffer. Three, he wants you to live on this world like his son Jesus. Some people think, no, that's the pastor's job. No, my friend. If you're called of God, it's so that you can be conformed to his image, the image of his son. Taking the the likeness of his son here upon the earth. Verse 30, it says like this. For those whom he foreordained, he also called. God already had this. The word ordained means it's already in order. So so since things are in order, he calls you to this order. Those those things he predestined, pre-put in their place, he called. And those he called, he also justified and lined up their life because the call of God, say with me, is to glorify God. That's that's where God is taking us. Your life is going to shine for his glory. You were a dummy and a fool like I was and God has vested you with wisdom not so you could go around saying I'm wise so you could go around saying all glory belongs to God. Because once I was lost and now I'm found. Once I was blind and now I see. Now I'm fulfilling the call of God upon my life because I see clearly what is not the call of God on my life. Being confused is not knowing which way you're headed. But the calling of God has been around for a long time. And its destiny is to take you to glory. So it's a call to repentance. It's a call, it's a call to leave the world and the things of the world and darkness. And being like the world is, is not being consistent with God. And then a call to suffering. And if you don't understand that, I'm glad you came to church this morning. Because a great part of our calling is to be like Christ and to suffer. And let me tell you something, what he says here in 2 Timothy 1.9. He saved us, he delivered us, and called us with a holy calling that leads to holiness. Guys, we weren't called to represent adultery, fornication, lies, thievery, greedy, indulgence. No. He called us out of that world. It says it's a holy calling. It's a call to separate. Not because of what we've done. But because of his purpose. And you, you could start saying, I have a holy calling on my life. Well, was not only for the pastor. I was going to become a priest once. I was going to be a nun. I remember going to get interviewed. Listen, that's not only for a select few. It's for God's people. He chose you to be a holy nation. A separated nation. A nation that has a holy calling upon their life. I didn't believe God when I heard this holy calling. But look what it says at the end of verse 9. This was given to us in Christ Jesus, say with me, from the beginning of time. Beginning of time. This is not something he just came up with last week, because you joined Spring of Life. This was there since you were born, before the world began, the Bible says. God called you with his high, say with me, high calling. High calling. I love what Paul says, he says like this. Guys, since this is such a huge thing, let's take it serious. Ephesians 3.1. This is such a high calling. He's trying to convince us that this calling is the highest thing you'll ever do upon the earth. Listen to what he says, Ephesians 3.1. For this reason I, Paul, am a prisoner of Christ for the sake of the Gentiles. Verse 2. Surely you have heard what God has done in the administration. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 1. As a prisoner, I urge you, I beg you, live a life that's worth the calling you've received. It's gold. Treat it like gold. It's superb. Treat it like it's superbness. Live according to the worth of this call. Again, if you would have lived your whole life outside of God's call, you're the most miserable of all men. God has done great things for us to come into our calling. And Paul is saying this. He was, um, he was saying in Ephesians 1, he says, this is the way that I pray. He says, how, how do I pray? Let's read this verse real quickly. He says, I pray that you might understand this calling. What is the hope of your call? I pray that you would understand how intense God. It says, Ephesians uh, 1, 16. I don't stop giving thanks and making mention of you in my prayers. That the Lord Jesus, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, might give you wisdom and revelations that your eyes might open, that you might know what the hope of your calling is. Because it's huge. It's nothing you even thought capable of. Nations are involved. People are involved. God calls men for the benefit of other men. Some of you husbands have been very neglectful You've shut your ears to the call of God in your life. You've ruined your families. You've given no hope to your children. Your grandchildren will raise under men who don't know where they're going. Because you haven't listened to God's call. So Paul is saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart. just like the world calls us. Everything out there calls us. 3,000 messages per day, you need those genes, you need the plasma TV, you need to go to Disney World, calling you, and you don't hear the call of God who wants to bless you and prosper you and give you abundance to make you the head according to the riches of his glorious inheritance? So Paul used to not only pray for other people, he not only understood the call of God, but in Philippians 3.14, he says, only one thing do I do. I want to go forward. Philippians 3.14, I want to press toward this prize to win, to fulfill the call of God on my life. Nothing else is worth it. Nothing else is more promising You don't want to miss the call of God upon your life. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, he says this. With this in view, we constantly pray for you. That our God might deem you worthy of your call. Let me ask you something. If I give you the keys to my backyard to go and do something in my backyard, and you never show up, and you lose the key, and you don't finish what I've given to you, would I give you the keys to my car? Would I give you further responsibility? Would I entrust upon you a greater level of call? I've called you to be a man. How could, if I call you to be a man, how could you be a husband? The calling of a husband is above being a man. You can't expect to be a husband if your manhood is not in place. But I want to get married. Well, then grow up. Answer the call to maturity. Maturity. Because if you answer the first call, you're entrusted to the second call that gives you the third call of being a father. Man, fatherhood, I mean husbandry, and then fatherhood. I have some women that says, I want to get married, pastor. Are you kidding me? You want to get married? Have you seen your room lately? Have you seen the kitchen lately? Oh, please, don't bring that hellish nightmare into this existence. You, a wife. No, man, you got to first be a virtuous woman. Proverbs 31, you have to be a spiritual, godly woman. A woman who is able to confront adversity and still say, you know something, God is good. There's a woman in the Bible, her, her son dies, her son is dead. And the man of God comes and says, how are things doing? And you know what she says? Great. Why did she say Great. Because she knew things weren't going to stay that way, because her God wouldn't allow that to happen. She knew she was about to see her son rise from the dead. She knew God would intervene and not go. "Ah, ah, ah, ah." No, you got to be a strong woman. A lot of difficult things are going to happen in your family. You got to be standing on Christ, the Rock. You need to be that wonderful counselor. Better two than one, not worse than two, two than one. Not a nightmare, a perfect helper. But that has to happen while you're single. It's a calling. And he says that you might be counted worthy of the calling God has for you. His gracious purpose of goodness with power might perfect you for all that God has planned. And then God begins to shower you in Acts chapter 13 verse 2. You set yourself aside and say, God, I'm going to answer to your call. And all of a sudden, in Acts 13, 2, the Holy Spirit says, hey, Paul and Barnabas, I'm calling you to a work. Some of you have never heard the Holy Spirit set you aside for a work. Why? Because you've answered the call to General Electric, to IBM, to Toyota, to Honda, to all the earthly callings. But you've never offered yourself up to the call of God. Well, these two men were doing that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, which is a a great way to hear the call of God on your life, prayer, fasting, reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit says, separate Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to. See, we were called to reflect the glory of heaven, not Calvin Klein and not Zucchini or Gucci or any of these other brands. We're to reflect the glory of God. The glory of God. The, the glory that no one has seen in First Corinthians 15, 49. And we got to hurry up here. we got to finish. First Corinthians 15, 49, it says, Just as we represented the man of dust. How many have, have walked according to the man of dust? Guys did. Guys, when God came calling on my life, I said, listen to me. If you're looking for a sinner... If you're looking for a rotten man, if you're looking for a proud man, if you're looking for a coward, if you're looking for a man who cannot live life, I'm your guy. But here Corinthians says, just as we bore the likeness of the earthly man, God is calling us to show forth the likeness of that man who came from heaven. We're not to go around acting like Dwayne Wade and Shaq O'Neal. We need to stand so this world might know what Jesus Christ looked like. In our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds, in our generosity, in our reputation, in the self-control, in the courage. We're to walk like Christ walked. He says, we've already born after the likeness of an earthly man. Let us bear the likeness of a man that comes down from heaven. A man filled with the Spirit of God. Acts 2.39 He will equip us with His Holy Spirit. This is the transforming process. The promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off, who God will call. The the extension of the calling is if you're faithful... Your kids after you will hear the call of God. I can't wait to see the glory of God on my children. I can't wait to see the glory of God upon the youth in this church. I can't wait to see the glory of God's calling on every member in this church. Because God is not calling a man here. He's calling a church to change the world. A church that will stand up to be the real thing. Like Wellington Boone says. To be the genuine thing. Not men that move by fear. Not men who move because of circumstances, but men that will be moved by the Spirit of God. As we offer ourselves up to God, I want to tell you that in Revelation 17, verse 14, and we finish with this. This is what we're destined to do if you're called by God. In Revelation 17, 14, it says they will come against the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome. He will be a victorious. Our, our calling is a victorious calling. The lamb will overcome them because he is the Lord of Lord. He is the king of kings. And together with him will be the chosen, the called, chosen, faithful followers. Those of us that heard the call of God. Those that responded to the call of God. See, some of you think this is about religion. Religion ain't calling you and religion has nothing for you. There's no denomination in this world that has anything for you. You better hear the call of God according to the word of God. Respond. I invite you this morning to get on your feet and to say, Lord, I want to refine. I want to put up this, this radar. I want to put up this antenna. I want to be able to have a clear reception. I was talking to one of the young men here at the church, and they said, Pastor, I still get a lot of fuzzy. What's that called on the CB? Squelch. squelch, static, squelch. Hello, He says, Pastor, since I don't know how to listen to the voice of God's calling, you're the clearest thing I hear. How many say amen? Amen. You're the clearest thing I hear, God trying to call me. Until you perfect that call, if you honor men of God, you will honor the call of God upon your life. If you honor the work of God, you're honoring the call of God on your life. If you're furthering the call of God... Then it becomes crystal clear. Listen to me. There's a light in this room this morning. There's first the the natural light of the day. Then there's the fluorescent lights. Then there's the studio lights. But God wants to give you a light that's laser tight, that cuts through steel. He wants your calling to be so precise. There's no decision other way, just right down the middle. And when you would have listened to the voice of God and been faithful... And you would have departed from every other call in your life. Then you'll see that God fulfills an eternal purpose for his glory. And your thoughts and your words and your steps and your deeds will be handed out to the next generation. And your children will say this, my dad was called of the Lord. And I want to follow the calling of the God that called my father. He's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. He passes down that calling to your children because you were faithful in the calling he gave you. As we sing this song, I want to close in prayer, but at first I want you to just lower your heads before the Lord and say, Lord, begin to tune my ear to your calling. It'll be small at the beginning. It'll be insignificant. It won't be no big deal. He'll first tell you to stop at stop signs. He'll tell you to quit speaking words that are hurtful to your family. He will tell you to quit throwing tantrums and quit being a temper tantrum individual. These are all calls of God. To honor your parents. To get away from sin. To confess and to repent. Let's go ahead and hear this song and then we're going to pray. If you want to hear the call of God in your life, I want to invite you to come to the altar. I want to pray for you. Beautiful.